Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. Julian DeStute and Bryce McGain with you. The third test is as good as the second test was at the MCG. We are in for an absolute belter between Australia and Pakistan. It's a big test, of course. The pink test and David Warner's Final test, the SEN test cricket team is assembled. They're ready to go in the commentary box at the SCG. One of the vital members is Simon Cattich, who joins us. Hello, Simon. Good morning, guys. Happy New Year to you. And it uh, looks like you're looking out on a, a pretty nice day up there in Sydney. Yeah, it's beautiful. The uh, SCG's bathed in sunshine as we speak. So some nice blue sky and there's a few clouds around, but it looks like it's going to be a nice day. It's all, all this test, obviously, pink test is massive, but uh, in terms of a playing point of view, it all is about David Warner. We spoke ahead of the the first test in Perth and they were coming for him pretty hard and we thought, ah, oh, this is the sort of test that he'll make 100, which he did. You wouldn't rule it out uh, making a century to say goodbye as well. Yeah, not at all. I think you'd probably even uh, factor in the fact that if he does bat today, he might even try and score 100 in a session. So <laughs> he's done it before here and it wouldn't surprise if he goes out all guns blazing. Uh, what impact has he made uh, in the Australian team? And you, just from your view, Simon, you've been an opening bat for Australia. And uh, how has he sort of performed? How will he be remembered cricket-wise? Well, well, I think, I mean, when you look at his overall career across all three formats, he's second in the amount of runs uh, in Australia behind Ricky Ponting across the three formats. So that speaks you know, volumes about what he's been able to achieve over the last decade. I mean, in test cricket... It's hard to say who's the greatest because obviously he's gone past Matty Hayden, but um, you're always comparing players in different eras. It's difficult, but I guess the one thing with David Warner's test career is he's done brilliantly at home, averaging over 58. Hasn't quite nailed it away, particularly in India and England, but I think it's probably been the manner with which he's scored his runs and the effect he's had on the team, obviously, with his energy, his fielding, um, and just the way that he's gone out there and taken pressure off the rest of the top order by putting pressure on the opposition bowlers. So I think anyone that strikes at 70 in Test cricket, there's only been, I think, Saywag that's struck quicker with 80. So it's a phenomenal record when you look at it, averaging, I think, just over 44. Um, you know, he's had a remarkable career, and having played with him when he first started his career for New South Wales, uh, and he was pretty much just sort of in the, the white ball setup to start, to see him make that you know transition from just being a, a T20 white ball player to then playing shield cricket and test cricket has been you know phenomenal to see and it's testament to you know, his skill and, and temperament to be able to you know go out there and, and not change the way he wants to play regardless of the format he's taken the game on no matter what format it is did it open your eyes uh, as a more veteran player as he was coming through as a, the, the the newer buck I suppose uh, did, did, did you predict that? Did, was it something that you expected that he could transition into the test arena or has that something that surprised you? Look, it's hard to predict anything in this of game course. because you just never know. But what I did notice was was when he opened the batting with Phil Hughes, I think we went to the, the Champions League in India in 2009, 
and batting at three behind them. It was edge of your seat stuff. Like you knew that <laughs> you're obviously next in to bat, and but the way they went about it, both of them, yeah. um, you know, I, I sensed that both of them were going to have special careers because they did things that a lot of players um, couldn't do in terms of where they hit the ball, how much they backed their own ability. And Davey, you know, obviously his record now in India is second to none in, in T20 cricket. So I got a small snapshot of it then. But I think the other part of it was just how much, you know, the boys loved playing with him because, you know, he was always a ball of energy. He was always a, a terrier. He was in the, in the fight out in the middle. And, and that's what you want from your teammates. So I think that's why he's been so well respected within the, the four walls of the Australian team. It's hard to argue that he's not our... Pat Cummins said it yesterday. It is hard to argue that he's not our greatest player across all three formats combined, is it? Yeah, I think it's always going to be difficult to have that, you know, that conversation when you're looking at, you know, Ricky Ponting um, and given the, the sheer volume of runs he made and bat, not in, in not too dissimilar position, batting at three and openings, you know, can be very similar at times when, you know, someone gets knocked over early. So... Punter did it in the engine room for you know the best part of 20 years, and yeah. um, and you know Davey hasn't done it quite as long, but even still, it's it's a remarkable achievement what he's been able to do across all three formats. So, you know, I, I think he deserves to to arguably be our best ever all format opener. Enough about Dave Warner. What about uh, what you expect? <laughs> 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 what do you? We're worried about his baggy green. We've got the prime minister getting all wound up about it. You know, everyone's got to check their rooms under the Christmas tree. It's all getting crazy. But uh, what are you expecting, Cato, from um, the Pakistan team? I've been impressed with the way they've learnt on the job in difficult, you know, foreign conditions and all that. Sydney pitch. Are you expecting it to play a little bit more into their hands? And what can you expect from them? Look, it's hard to judge what this wicket's going to be like. There's only been two Shield games here this year, but not on this pitch. So, yep. And both of those games have been a mixed bag. New South Wales won both. But the first game against WA, from all reports, it was one of the best Shield wickets they've had here for years. The second one against Tassie lasted two and a bit days, and I think 24 wickets fell in a day to, to almost finish the game. And the seamers uh, wreaked havoc on what was apparently quite a dry pitch. So, Cato, when you say the best wicket, do you mean like it's a good batting wicket or do you mean it, there's a bit in it for everyone or did it spin a bit? What, what do you mean by that? Yeah, look, it's interesting because I think the SCG's always been a fantastic wicket for all parties. I mean, you know, batsmen have always enjoyed batting here. I think the quicks have always enjoyed, you know, getting some assistance here when it cracks up and, and stays a bit lower because the ball will reverse and the stumps are in the game. And then... Yeah. You know, spinners, once there's footmarks here, spinners have enjoyed bowling here over the years as well. So I think it's always been a really good cricket wicket. It's just in the last probably six or seven years, in particular in test cricket, we've had so many games affected by rain. Um, you know, I think four of the last seven tests have been drawn at the SCG and six of the last seven have been affected by rain. So it's hard to be too critical on the curators when that's been the case. But um, I, what, I agree with what you said about Pakistan. Just going back to them, yeah. I think um, what was impressive last test was the skipper going out there and, and sort of walking the talk. He's talking about Pakistan playing a more aggressive game. He went out there and did that. He didn't get 100, but I think the signs showed that, you know, they want to put more pressure on the opposition. And at one stage in that, that second innings, Pakistan looked like they were starting to get momentum in the test. And that was courtesy of Masood, courtesy of Baba and, and courtesy of Rizwan. So... I think this young kid that's coming in, 
same Ayub. I haven't. Uh, I've seen a bit of him in white ball cricket. Had a fantastic CPL earlier this year, where he was the second highest run scorer, and which is quite a, an achievement for a 21 year old because the West Indian wickets aren't always the easiest to bat on, even in T20 cricket. And a lot of overseas players have gone to that comp and struggled. So whilst it's a different format, he might be treading the same sort of journey that David Warner did, you know, a dozen years ago because he's made his name in white ball cricket, done well in the PSL, now the CPL, and uh, comes off a, a double hundred and a hundred uh, in October when he was playing for Karachi in the um, local domestic four-day competition. So... He's got a very strong first-class record, so I'm looking forward to seeing him bat at the top of the order. And I think he's been picked because the, the hierarchy there haven't been happy with Imam Mulhak and the way that he's gone about it, and they want to play this attacking style of cricket. It's been a Simon Cadditch, big part of the SEN Test cricket team. The coverage starts at 9 o'clock. Uh, Simon, they, would have, they put a lot of pressure on Australia in the Boxing Day Test. They would have put on more pressure if they held their catches. I noticed Sean Masuda said he's going to... Probably changed the slip cord, and that's probably a wise idea because they dropped a couple absolute dollies in the Boxing yeah, Day test. It was amazing to think that Bubba Azam wasn't in there right from the word go because the catch that he took on the final day off Mitchell Stark was an absolute beauty. And you see that, and then you see the other drops from Shafiq, and you wonder how the younger player, Shafiq, has managed to, to sort of burgle his way into first <laughs> slip, really. Um, and he, he might be a good catcher, but he's, he's found it hard here. And, and those two catches in particular have been... Basically, that was the difference between Pakistan winning and losing the test. Um, yeah. And then you've had Salman, who was brilliant at second slip. So it's amazing to think that they haven't had the vision to see that prior to the series starting. And it, it took two tests for them to figure that out. And, and unfortunately, the horse had already bolted. Just on... Oh, lost my train of thought. Go, Bryce. I was, yeah. I was... Well, one I have for you, Cato, and um, Travis Head has had a, had an amazing time of recent and uh, obviously has celebrated harder than most uh, after winning a World <laughs> Cup. But he's averaging 17 in this series. I know it's only a couple of test matches. You know, there's a couple of guys that would like to score some runs here, aren't there? Yeah, I think all the players. I think we talked about a little bit last test with Alex Carey. His, his sort of 12 months has been, you know, tricky for him in terms of what happened in India where he struggled there and then what happened in the Ashes after the Bearstow incident. So it was good to see him, you know, put his hand up when Australia needed some runs and it was a very good 50 he made there in the second innings. But Indeed. I think, you know, with Travis Head, I think, you know, people are going to realise that the way he plays, he's going to get those big scores once he gets in and, and he's such a hand-eye player. But then there's also times he's going to be vulnerable in certain conditions, and, and he was the other day. It was I thought it was a great bit of tactics from the Pakistan perspective, you know, bowling a big in-swinger first ball to him on that wicket and, and to the field that they had, and he probably wasn't expecting it. So that's learning for him. Um, but I think, you know, with him and Mitch Marsh and even Alex Carey at seven, Australia have got the potential to be a really aggressive sort of middle to lower order particularly if this engine room of the top four keep doing the job. So I think, you know, he's likely to come out here at the SCG and, and go and rattle off a good score. So whilst he hasn't had a great time of it yet, I think you know, there's enough players around him at the moment that have made big contributions to help Australia win. What about Marnus Labuschagne, Simon? 85 runs at just 21 so far this series. Of course, there's no talk about, you know, placing the side and he's such an important member of the team. But anything you've noticed in his batting this series that might just be letting him down a little bit? 
Yeah, we, we talked about a little bit on our last few tests that, you know, a sign for me was that he was batting out of his crease a lot. And, and that almost is a signal that you're saying to the bowler, you're worried about getting hit on the pad. You don't want to get LBW. And in a way, I don't think there's anything technical with him. I think it's just more a case of his mindset at the moment. And he's taking a lot longer to score his runs. His strike rate's not as high as it has been in the past. And while strike rate isn't, you know, hugely important in test cricket because you've got extra time, it's normally a pretty good indicator of, of whether a batsman feels good in their game within themselves and they're looking to put pressure on the bowlers. And just at the moment, it looks like Labuschagne and Steve Smith are fighting themselves more than anything um, because we know they're both class test players and you don't average 50-plus for no reason. Um, and that's, that's where he's at the moment. It just looks like it's probably more his mindset than anything else. Is the best way to, to get out of that, I guess, the next step, is that just simply to be dropping and running and getting up the other end more often? Because they seem to be stuck at each end. And when they're batting together, it has been a, a lot of maidens and it does bring Pakistan into it. Yeah, definitely. And that's probably one of the simplest focuses you can have because you're not always going to get delivered four balls in test cricket. No and you way. can start looking for them earlier in the innings, which is dangerous at times. By all means, if it's there, they put it away. But I think, um, and we saw it a bit the other day, Steve Smith wafted at one first ball when he came out in the first innings, which is so unlike him. But you're spot on, Bryce. I think uh, the simple things in this game you know, help you to get to 10 and 20. And, and that's something that they probably can really focus on is being busier earlier in their innings and looking to rotate. What about the big story this week, uh, Simon, has been, you know, the, the talk of Test cricket again after the after the squad that South Africa named for their series against New Zealand. Did that shock you when you saw that squad come out? It didn't shock me because I had a, it had been brewing in the pipeline for a while and having been in South Africa last year when that tournament started, or sorry, earlier this year, um, we sort of had a feeling that that was brewing because one of the strengths of, of that competition was having all of the South African players available for it last year and there was no clashes and that's what a lot of these leagues are striving for. We see it in the IPL. We haven't seen it in the Big Bash and it's probably had an impact at times not having the Australian players as actively involved as some of these other comps. So there's been private investment in it and the Indian owners have obviously said, no, well, we want the best players playing. And as a result, it's going to impact South Africa. And I'm not saying it's right, but it's sort of showing where the landscape could be headed in the very near future. And it is a concern because, you know, it's a great opportunity for those guys that get to play for South Africa, but it's showing a fair bit of disrespect to the New Zealand boys that, you know, they're not sending their best team. It is a, it is a real shame. And, uh, that, it is a breaking point, I think, for Test cricket uh, moving forward, Caddo, that um, we, the ICC definitely need to be do, doing something about it. To a more lighter note for you, um, how'd you spend your New Year's? Well, it's always a, a generally quite a quiet day because it's my sister-in-law's birthday. So we celebrate her birthday with the family and the kids. And uh, I don't think... I made it just past the 9pm fireworks. <laughs> That's showing my age these nice days. One. <laughs> so uh, I let the boys start at midnight. But, uh, yeah, no, I was long gone by then. <laughs> uh, times have changed. Times have yeah. changed. Uh, big day coming up on SEN Test Cricket, of course. What's coming up in the pre-match, Simon? Well, looking forward to going out and having a look at the wicket and then, um, yeah, getting amongst it and seeing uh, seeing who's going to be doing what today. Uh, should be a great day's Test Cricket. Usman Khawaja coming up in the pre-match as well. Simon, thanks so much for your time and uh, enjoy day one up there at the SCG. My pleasure, guys.